Welcome back to the Merkle Treehouse, the podcast that brings you the latest news, insights, and debates from the world of Bitcoin. Today, we have an exciting lineup of contributors for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the fascinating world of Bitcoin together. On Monday, State Supreme Court Justice Edward Pace had ordered a Bitcoin mining facility in Niagara Falls to shut down and imposed hefty fines on its owner, U.S. Bitcoin. This news has raised concerns about government overreach and the impact it can have on businesses trying to innovate and provide valuable services. Award-winning journalist Morton Anger is covering the story and joins us from Niagara Falls. Mort? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here in Niagara Falls, and let me tell you, it is a sight to behold. The sheer power of the water rushing over the falls is enough to take your breath away. The sound is like thunder echoing through the valley. It's a reminder of nature's raw power and beauty. And while these majestic falls spin turbines to provide the surrounding community with clean, renewable hydroelectricity, this awe-inspiring sight reminds us that we are harnessing only a smidgen of the energy Mother Nature provides. And the view, oh the view. The mist rising from the falls creates a rainbow in the sky adding a magical touch to the already awe-inspiring scenery. The surrounding landscape is lush and green, and you can see the spray from the falls creating a mist that covers the area like a blanket. But underneath the surface, there are dark draconian forces at play. State Supreme Court Justice Edward Pace has signed a final order directing a Bitcoin mining facility in Niagara Falls to shut down. That facility is owned by U.S. Bitcoin, and they have been directed to pay the city punitive fines that exceed $1 million. This is an extreme and unjustified penalty. The fines that have been imposed on U.S. Bitcoin are oppressive, to say the least. And what's more, they have been accruing since December 9th. That's more than two months of fines adding up. It's just not right. This kind of overreach by the government is precisely what is wrong with the current system. America needs a strong Bitcoin mining presence on the world stage, and these types of heavy-handed regulations are bad for New York and bad for America. The attorney representing U.S. Bitcoin, John Bartolome, has indicated he intends to appeal the order to the State Supreme Court Appellate Division 4th Department in Rochester. But if the appeal is not successful, the fines will continue to accrue until U.S. Bitcoin shuts down. The city charges that the operation is a public nuisance and engages in ongoing violations of the city's zoning. But I ask you, is it right to impose such harsh fines on a business that is simply trying to provide a valuable service to America and to all of humanity by participating in securing the censorship-resistant Bitcoin time chain. So, my friends, we must ask ourselves, what kind of society do we want to live in? Do we want a society that stifles innovation and punishes those who are trying to make a positive difference? Or do we want a society that encourages entrepreneurship and values the power of technology to improve our lives? I, for one, know which kind of society I want to live in. And I hope you will join me in fighting against these kinds of unfair regulations and penalties. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good night. Thank you, Mort. Let's hope that more rational minds prevail in the end. Indeed, hamstringing innovation by limiting productive energy use is a backward political ideology. More energy must be harnessed in order to propel human civilization forward. Now we send you to Maya Moonstone for her thoughts on the spiritual side of Bitcoin. Maya? Hello, all of you wonderfully enlightened cosmic warriors. Today, we're going to explore the spiritual side of Bitcoin 
and how it relates to our collective journey towards a more harmonious and balanced world. As a spiritual influencer, I believe that Bitcoin is much more than just a digital currency. It represents a new paradigm for how we can interact with each other and the world around us. At its core, Bitcoin is a tool for realizing a world without the need for trusted third parties, where individuals are free to transact directly with one another. Unlike traditional financial systems that rely on intermediaries such as banks or payment processors to validate transactions, Bitcoin operates on a decentralized network where transactions are validated by a distributed network of nodes rather than any single trusted entity. This decentralized architecture is what makes Bitcoin so powerful and transformative. Rather than placing trust in Bitcoin itself, we can view it as a means to transcend trust altogether and move towards a state of decentralized sovereign freedom. Bitcoin represents a state of perfect trustlessness, where transactions are validated by the network rather than any central authority. In this sense, Bitcoin is a manifestation of the universe's natural order, which operates without the need for trust or intermediaries. It represents a new way of thinking about how we can interact with each other and the world around us. By embracing Bitcoin, we are embracing the natural tendency of the universe towards harmony and balance. But Bitcoin is not just a tool for financial freedom. It also has profound implications for our personal and collective sovereignty. By removing the need for trusted third parties, Bitcoin empowers individuals to take control of their own financial destiny and operate independently of centralized authorities. This is a powerful step towards personal and collective freedom, and it is something that we should all be working towards. We'll see you next time as we explore the connections of Bitcoin and the universe. Namaste. Thank you, Maya. Very well stated. Now we take you over to Eli's corner where Eli explains to us all the importance of having a low time preference. Imagine you have a bag of candy. You really, really want to eat all of it right now, but your parents say you can only have one piece per day. If you just eat just one piece each day, your bag of candy will last a long time and you'll be happy for a long time. But if you eat all of it right now, you'll be happy for a short time, but then you won't have any candy left and you'll be sad for the rest of your life. Bitcoin is like that bag of candy. You can either spend all your Bitcoin right now and have a good time for a little while, or you can save some of it and only spend a little bit at a time and have fun for a longer time. If you save it, you could even buy a really cool bike later on when the price goes up. Okay, let's say you really really want a really cool bike that your friend has. You have some money saved up, but not enough to buy the bike right now. So, you have two choices, you can either wait and keep saving up until you have enough money to buy the bike, or you can borrow some money from your mom and buy the bike right now. If you wait and save up, that's like having a low time preference. You know that if you keep saving your money, you'll one day be able to buy the bike without having to owe anyone anything. But if you borrow money from your mom and buy the bike right now, that's like having a high time preference. You won't wait and you want what you want right now. But the problem is that you'll have to pay your mom back later, and that might be hard. Plus, you will spend lots more money because of interest or other fees. My mom charges me 15% APY but that's because she's a child of consumerism culture that has turned her into a parasite to productivity as she can't shake her rent-seeking mindset. Anyway, that's what people mean when they talk about having a low time preference. It's like giving a present to yourself in the future, instead of wanting everything right now. And that's a good thing to do with your candy, your money, and your Bitcoin too. Okay, bye.
Thank you, Eli. And to wrap this one up, please welcome back the talented, the beautiful, the very funny Sarah Nichols. I used to have trust issues, but then I bought Bitcoin. In all seriousness, I don't really have trust issues. I just have issues with institutions that have more power than they know how to handle, like the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Get this, just this week, the FBI is lobbying Congress to extend the law authorizing their warrantless surveillance program. Because if there's one thing they've proven, it's that they can be trusted to use that power responsibly. <laughs> oh no, we can't lose our precious police state. So I was reading the news the other day and I came across a story about the FBI going after people who use Bitcoin. Apparently they're trying to catch all the criminals who use it for illegal activities. But let's be real, if the FBI really wanted to catch all the criminals, they should just go to Wall Street, am I right? <laughs> you know what they say about the FBI? They're like a bad ex-boyfriend always trying to get back into your life and digging up dirt on you. And just like with an ex, the best defense is a good offense. So next time the FBI comes knocking, just hand them a copy of the Bitcoin white paper and say, I'm too busy researching freedom to deal with you guys. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the FBI is new to being lawless and invasive. They've been doing it for years. Remember when they tried to force Apple to create a backdoor to unlock an iPhone? or when they were caught spying on American citizens without warrants, it's like they have a real talent for invading people's privacy. <laughs> it's like the FBI is trying to be the new kings of the Wild West, but they don't even know how to ride a horse, and they wonder why people don't trust them. Maybe if they focused on actually upholding the law instead of invading people's privacy, they wouldn't have such a bad reputation. But hey, I guess the FBI has to justify their bloated budget somehow, right? <laughs> Why did the FBI agent cross the road? To get to the other side of the Fourth Amendment. <laughs> they say you can't solve all your problems with money, but have you tried using Bitcoin instead? Anyway, that's all from me, folks. Thanks for coming out tonight. That was Sarah Nichols, everyone. And that'll do it for episode four of the Merkle Treehouse. Join us again on Sunday for all new Bitcoin Mindshare. Like, follow, share. Do whatever you have to do to get the word out. Once again, Horace Morris and the Merkle Treehouse Band. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect the views or positions of the Merkle Treehouse or its producers, except when they do. 